Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 205 of Keeping Up with the King. My name is Mike, and welcome to the Run of the Mills podcast. And we are in Matthew chapter 20. Yes, last time we finished Matthew chapter 19, and this time we are in Matthew chapter 20, and I'm going to bring up something that I have brought up many times before, and I'm sure we'll bring up many times in the future, and that is this, that the chapter and verse divisions in the Bible are not divinely inspired they are put there by man uh, throughout history to um, help us find our way and help us uh, be able to navigate and find those verses uh, more quickly than we uh, would have perhaps otherwise. Uh, at the time of Jesus, they did not have verse designations, uh, but oftentimes a verse would be uh, referenced perhaps uh, partially by the first line. Uh, the first few words, and that would clue you into the rest of the verse or what portion of scripture the person was speaking of. Uh, Jesus on the cross saying, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Uh, is very likely just that. He is referencing Psalm 22, getting people to think back to that passage of scripture. So anyway, uh, the reason I bring that up again is because we're in another one of those situations where the context of what we are reading is split up once again by the chapter divisions. And we saw this happen, what, back in, uh, what was that, chapter um, 16 and 17 with the, uh, with the transfiguration where, uh, where, Peter, or where Jesus says, uh, you know, for the Son of Man will come in, in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here today who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And then the chapter ends. Uh, in my Bible, uh, I have a new King James Bible that I've been using. It, it actually has a division prior to the chapter division. So it lumps chap verse 28 in with uh, chapter 17. Because then, of course, he talks about, hey, those there are those who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And then... The next verse is talking about the transfiguration where they witnessed Jesus coming in his kingdom. So what we see here in uh, chapter 19 and 20 is a very similar thing. Remember, the, the last thing we read about was Peter pointing out to Jesus like, hey, we left all to follow you. Therefore, sh what shall we have? And Jesus says to him, assuredly, I say to you that in the right generation, when the Son of Man sits on his throne in glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses and brothers and sisters and fathers and mother or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and last first. So that is the end of the chapter. And then we come up with what's often called the parables of the workers in the vineyard. Um, and so if you are not paying attention to what has just been talked about, I think it could be very confusing because it is a kind of a confusing parable. So let's read it and chat a little about it. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. And again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. 
And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing idle here all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those who came, who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. When the first came, they supposed that they should receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden in the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I, I wish to give this man or I wish to give this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? For the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. All right, so this is a very strange um, parable, and I remember hearing this as a kid, and it confusing me. I remember like at a campfire at summer camp, somebody reading this, and, and really being confusing to me. And I, I think that, again, the context is what's, uh, vitally important. But just to sum the story up, there's a landowner who has a vineyard. He goes out in the morning and he hires a bunch of people to work for him at an agreed wage of a denarius a day. Then as the day goes on, he continues to go back and hire more people. Throughout the day, he does this multiple times, always saying, I'll, you know, I'm going to pay you uh, a certain amount, uh, an agreed upon amount. I'll pay you whatever's right, I believe is what he says in like verse four. So then at the end, He has his steward go and pay the people. And he starts with the people he hired last and he pays them a denarius. And he does this throughout to to each and every worker, each and every worker receiving the same payment. And the ones that were there earlier in the day who agreed at the beginning, they are like, hey, wait a minute. We, we walked with, we, we worked with you longer. Shouldn't we get paid more? But, his point to them is, look, this, I'm paying you what I agreed to pay you. This is what we agreed on. I'm not I'm not cheating you. I'm doing what's fair and what's right. That's why I'm paying you. And I'm paying these other people the same amount. If I desire to pay them more for less work, that's up to me. It's my business. Um, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? Now, is your eye evil? That that I there's an idea there of envy, um, and so the idea is like they're they're envious of these others who worked less and got more. And there's you know there's a lot of different ideas about um, about this this parable, and I think the important thing is remembering what it's um, what is framed with verse thirty of chapter nineteen. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. And then in uh, at the end of the section we read, it says he says, So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. And the, I, I think the thing that, to keep in mind here is, as we read this, I think we know that you know, he says the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. And when we read these parables, it says the kingdom of heaven, 
sometimes we read this and we recognize, oh, it's, this is talking about the church. Sometimes it's talking about the church in total. Sometimes it's talking about God's dealings with the church. We saw this back earlier uh, when we were reading through the parables. So what do we take from this? I think there's, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but if I was going to break this down as simple as I could, I would say this, that there are those people within the church who have been Christians a long time. And I kind of consider myself this way, having been um, following Jesus for, on a, on a serious level, uh, 30 plus years. And in that, I, I believe that God has taken me a long way. And God has brought me three things. Um, there are things I struggled with as a young man that I no longer uh, struggle with. There's things I struggle with as a young man that I still struggle with. But uh, the, God has brought uh, brought me through things, and I think he's built some maturity in me. And, uh, and one of the things that has happened that I have noticed many times because of kind of the calling God put on my life to study his word, part of it is um, the way my own brain works. Uh, my own ability to retain information, and also because uh, working as a youth pastor and as a pastor for years, I spent hours a day, uh, many days, studying the Bible. And I had that opportunity that a lot of people don't have to just study God's Word. And something that was really impressed upon my heart at one point was the danger of being the tallest tree. And the danger of being the tallest tree is the tallest tree in the forest has one job really, and that is to grow toward the sun. The problem is, is when the tallest tree in the forest starts to look at all the other trees and recognize how tall he is in comparison, comparing himself to the other trees around him and saying, oh, look how tall I am. Look at how mighty and strong I am. And forget that his role is not to look down on the other trees, but his role is to continue to grow toward the sun. And I think this is one of the warnings uh, within this parable is that those who started the day are promised the same thing as those who started the job at the end of the day. Whether you became a Christian when you were young or became a Christian moments before death, ultimately the reward is the same. Be, uh, no, no, I'm not talking about, there are definitely uh, rewards in heaven that the Bible talks about, but I'm talking about the basic idea of salvation by grace through faith. You are saved, you're getting to go to heaven just like them. They get to go in just like you did. And sometimes those of us that have been walking with the Lord a little longer and have learned to behave a little better, and uh, it's very easy for us to have that tallest tree in the forest attitude where we start to look at other Christians and see how 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 far ahead we are in our maturity and growth uh, and maybe overlooking our own pride and forget that our job is to continue to grow toward the sun. And so... We don't want to um, get in that spot where we end up being the last, you know, because in our spiritual pride, in our arrogance, uh, in our self-importance, that we get to that point of thinking that we are more deserving of God's blessing and forgiveness than others because we're walking in holiness to a degree that we consider to be better, holier, more righteous than others. And we can start to get this whole idea and this whole attitude that I'm pretty special and I'm pretty fantastic and I'm doing pretty good and forget that, man, what am I but a sinner saved by grace. And so heaven forbid that we ever become the last because we think we're the first. Heaven forbid we ever become 
proud and arrogant in our Christian walk to the point where we're not really doing the kingdom much good. To where our faith is not in the word of God, faith in the faithfulness of God to keep his word, uh, the faithfulness of, of God and his grace. But our, our faith is somehow switched and we are now pretty, uh, pretty proud of our own accomplish our own accomplishments. You know, um, we need to keep looking forward, keep looking up, keep growing toward the sun. God bless you. Talk to you next time.